Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Spectrum Talk. It's just me this time, like it was last time and a few times before. You know, the damn internet situation is just uh, never going to get better than just <laughs> when you pick uh, when you pick your co-host and stuff, and one of them lives in a different state and the other one lives in a different country. You kind of run into weird, really weird uh, time difficulties. That and uh, everyone else has got their own lives going on, and everyone's lives seem to not be doing so great. So, you just, just scheduling everything is kind of a bit of a hassle, but that's okay. That's okay. If anyone's to blame, it's me. <sighs> Especially since I keep doing these in like the middle of the freaking night for some reason, which is why I'm like in a whisper and have to get a lot closer to the mic than I usually usually have to. But again, that's okay. That's okay. So what the hell are we going to talk about on this episode? Well, at first I wasn't really sure. Wasn't <laughs> wasn't really sure, but uh, I uh, then looked at YouTube, just scrolling through, and saw some sort of breaking news, kind of. Um, and that was from Alana Pierce, who, you know, she works with Funhouse. Uh, she also used to be with IGN and a few other... Oh, I can't stop yawning. A few other places. And, uh, you know, she usually doesn't talk on stuff unless she has credible sources, or mostly credible sources, and she decided to talk about a video she released about an hour ago about Silent Hills, and how there is a real leak out there, and she talked about what she heard from devs, from a dev, a few years ago at DICE, at the DICE Awards, and, um... Now, she said that they weren't 100% credible and blah, 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 all kinds of stuff. But what they said to her uh, matched a lot of the rumors that we're seeing now. But this is specifically about, um, this newer stuff is about a revival of Silent Hills. Not necessarily a new Silent Hill game or anything like that, but a new or a revival I guess they're just bringing it back from the dead. I don't know exactly what that means. Are they just going to go ahead on the new game? Um, keep calling it Silent Hills? Or are they going to call it something different, but it's basically going to be Silent Hills? A reworking of it? I don't know. Just a Silent Hill game they're just going to put Kojima's name on? Uh, who knows? But from the information she was that she gathered matches a rumor I heard the best friends talking about, um, or formerly best friend, their castle super beast now, talking about uh, months ago. Which was this game that the developer talked about. You had to sign a waiver to play. And I was like, oh, what do they mean? Like NDA or something? No, because apparently it, it, this game, with your permission, will just screw with you throughout the day. Now, in theory, this sounds cool. Not so cool if it messes with you while you're at work and stuff. Because um, what it wants to do is call you, text you, send you emails, like threatening you and stuff like that. Um... In theory, that sounds cool, isn't really cool. Um, now, if it's while you're playing the game, and only while you're playing the game, then that's cool. If it's all the damn time, not so cool. And the reason it's not so cool is because, let's say you're already stressed and you just play games to you know, de-stress or whatever, and some people do find horror games to be distressing. I like horror games. I love horror games. Uh, however, when ones are done well, they can be incredibly intense and not, 
not exactly the uh, funnest thing in the world. Um, like with Silent Hill, it's all about dread and being in that world and uh, making making you feel like you're in hell. And when done well, it works incredibly, incredibly well. And they're great games that people should play. The problem is, is you don't want that to be 24-7. It would weigh on you. Um, you either get bored of it really quick or... Um, in this way, you wouldn't get bored of it. It would become annoying and actually start to screw with you. Um, and if you already have, um, not necessarily mental problems, but you, you could, or just you're not mentally all there, not necessarily due to an illness or disorder, but because of life, like say right now with all the stress that we're under, and that's weighing on your your <laughs> mental status. Uh, and your that's probably not the right word to use. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. It would be mental health, but all the stress and everything. You add the stress of. Am I in a game? Am I not? Are these emails real? Because the only way for it to be effective, it can't just be an email that says Silent Hill on it, and then it just threatens you because you you would automatically know it's not real. Probably get to the point where you ignore it. But the only way for it to work right is for these things to let you know or not let you know where they're from, to which they could be seen as real threats. And if they work, if this all works how the game wants you to, or how they, they want the game to work, it uh, doesn't sound great. And that could literally make your life a living hell, and that's not fun. And um, not really worth it. And um, now, granted, you do have to... I, I, I guess if this was the game, right? You load it up or whatever, and then you have to agree. Uh... The problem is if the whole game is centered around this and you uh, say no, it could hurt the game and that would suck. But if you do agree to it, then it's on you, right? The problem is, is I don't know how many people are going to agree to that, especially not knowing how in-depth this would be. Now, even with the waiver, there's got to be some crazy legal matters and there's a lot of reasons not to do it. And uh, if it just keeps screwing with you, if it screws with people, the minute it actually kills somebody... When that stress leads to someone either killing themselves, having a heart attack, or getting hospitalized for whatever reason because of all the other bullshit in their life adding up and then that happening, it just does not seem like it would be uh, worth it at all legally. But there's a cool idea here, and part of that is if it was just during the game, like you're playing the game, your cell phone rings, and it's someone breathing on the other line. What the fuck is that, right? Um, another problem with that is what happens when it's not the game and it is reality? That's happened. There have been serial killers who've done that, who leave messages before they kill people. One very famous one. And eh, some, I mean, yes, it's rare, but the minute that happens, that's not going to look good on the company. Then again, it's Konami, I don't think they give a shit, but it doesn't look good on the brand, and if you can tell them that that will cost them money, that's not a good idea. However, there is a, a theory in there, if it's just while you're playing the game, and this would require some sort of internet connection, I'm assuming, unless they're magic. So yeah, but part of this this altered state thing that they want to do, or in theory, or, or the rumor, or whatever, and even coined this de dev several years ago, which intrigues me that this is popping up again now almost exactly what this guy said, either Konami was toying with this idea um, and threw it away, still doing it, 
or all these people leaking the rumors are either that same guy or they're talking to the same guy because it's it's very specific stuff but part of this idea is it's going to mess with the game so deleting save data doing stuff to your ps5 that's another thing it's supposed to be a ps5 exclusive um and i'll get into that in here a little bit uh mess with your ps5 mess with your stuff mess with your controller um, if you were able to connect it to people who have the hue lights and stuff, it can mess with your lighting. That's cool. You connect your phone to it and mess with your phone. That's cool. It, all of that sounds great. Uh, Eternal Darkness did it really well. MGS did it really well when it like read your memory card and you had to like unplug your controller to defeat Psychomantis. That's cool. It's, it's that's really really cool, and have done well. Works really really well. There's a lot of PC games that do it that actually delete the game when you have to go in and search for it and look in like text files and stuff to find it uh i think anatomy does it a bunch of other games that's really they're really really cool and um that uh, part of the idea sounds amazing it's the part of them calling you and sending emails and text messages that doesn't sound that great uh, especially to make that work to make it really work it has to it can't just be email that says from silent hill the game in the header um it has to has to look real um i don't know how you do that the phone calls i get it's just an unknown number but then that's a whole security thing of giving people giving out their real numbers and uh, there's just some there's just some stuff that doesn't sound so great about that even if it is just while you're playing the game um you can just put yourself, put a phone in the game and stuff. That, that seems to work, uh, I believe. They did a remake of Silent Hill 1 called, was it Shattered Memories? It's the one on the Wii. And they did a similar thing like that. You could actually call the Konami helpline to which someone would answer and be like, no, you're in Silent Hill, we can't help you. And that was really cool. You'd call 911, they'd be like, no, uh you, you, could, you could call a bunch of different numbers. And that was really, really cool. Of course, it was all baked in and whatever. But... There's ideas there with the game messing with messing with you. Also, if uh, there were like these little therapy sessions you would do throughout the game, and like uh, flash forwards and flashback, you you know you didn't know what they were, and how you answered those, it would change the game. So that was that was actually a really cool idea. Um, that game's not bad. It's actually pretty good. It's the best one since four or three, depending on how you feel about four. Uh. Where was I going? Oh, yeah, so it is going to be on the PS5, from what we think, because apparently Sony is acting as a mediator between Konami and Kojima because they hate each other, and uh, they really want, really, really want uh, Silent Hill on the PS5, and they want Kojima to hit it because I think whoever is doing this deal, if this deal is happening, knows, yes, Silent Hill will be a pretty good pull be a really big pool, but Silent Hill numbers-wise has never been a juggernaut. It's made money. People love it. it. has a really strong following. That PT demo was incredible. Got a lot, a lot of, uh, of acclaim, and people loved it, and uh, I believe it got more traction than really any other Silent Hill game, and it kind of came at a time where people kind of forgot about Silent Hill. Silent Hill was kind of in the crapper. You know, it was a... Um, <laughs> the last game was what downpour and that wasn't received very well we had the two bad movies pt comes out of nowhere and takes the world by storm and everybody loves it and i think if sony comes out 
and they need kind of to launch this console well, even especially now with the virus, to get enough goodwill. Because they're losing the goodwill game. Um, they know if they, not only is Silent Hill's coming, or Silent Hill coming back, but we have revived with our big dick Sony money, and we have revived Silent Hills, and we got Kojima back, and I, I guess Del Toro. Otherwise, why well, call it Silent Hill? That would be a pretty big slam dunk for them. It's something that I've been hoping that Microsoft would do, because they're trying to do the play at um, at Japan for a long, long time, and it's something they may, they may have tried to do. There were rumors a long time ago that they were trying to buy Silent Hill. One rumor even went as far as to say that Silent Hill made an offer, or Silent Hill, Microsoft made an offer to outright buy Konami. Um, so maybe they don't like Microsoft, but maybe they're cooler with Sony because Sony is a Japanese company and like their buildings aren't that far away. It's possible. Um, both with possible ties to the Yakuza, pretty much every Japanese company does due to what happened after World War II. Um, I say pretty much every Japanese company because Nintendo has no ties to the Yakuza (laughs) because they defeated the Yakuza. They also helped create the Yakuza. That's kind of the reason they don't have any ties with the Yakuza anymore, is because Yakuza doesn't mess with Nintendo. Nintendo is its own thing. Nintendo is its own thing. The way the Yakuza got the land and everything, they had to go through Big Daddy Nintendo, because Big Daddy Nintendo has been around for a long, long time. Um, the, like all the the uh, the you know Nintendo's big deal back in the day used to be whorehouses and um, gambling. That was how Nintendo made its money. So when the Yakuza and organized crime started up, well, when they, of course, you would they would run those rackets, who'd they have to go through? They wanted to open up their own thing. Well, if the big guys on the block got mad, they obviously had more money and more power than you, they could just kill you. Or maybe not kill you, maybe just make you get close to death by just bankrupting you. Nintendo was really good at that. There's a reason Nintendo is, is as old as it is. They didn't get the video games to the 80s, but they've been around since the 1800s. Nintendo was old. Sony is not that old, neither is Konami, but both have pretty traceable ties to the Yakuza. Nintendo doesn't. That's a whole other history lesson. But maybe that's one of the reasons they're a lot more friendly. Microsoft has no ties to the Yakuza, has no ties to Japan other than um, some big strides they've made lately. And Microsoft's always been interested in Japan. They love Japan. They're very respectful of Japan and its culture. They've been wanting more developers from Japan. They've been trying to get a foothold in Japan for a very long time. They've been supporting a lot of Japanese properties. Uh, they have a really good relationship with Nintendo now. I don't know how their relationship with Sony is because, I mean, they're competitors, but they have a great relationship with Nintendo. But Sony and Microsoft have kind of been at each other's throats for a long time. I don't know, though, that's PlayStation and Microsoft um, because Microsoft and Xbox are kind of a whole... Uh, Sony and PlayStation are kind of separate now. Um... But Microsoft has a huge deal with Big Daddy Sony, the actual overall company, because they're making all of their cloud infrastructure. Everything up in the cloud and the internet, that's who's doing it. It's Microsoft. It's not Sony. Uh, Sony couldn't figure some stuff out, apparently, or needed help, and Microsoft offered. It's like, we'll, we'll run it for you. And what's funny is PlayStation was hoping to run their uh, their stuff off of that cloud infrastructure that Sony was going to build. Uh, especially to do with gaming and their, uh, it's not, what is it, PlayStation Now or something like that, which is streaming. And uh, they were going to kind of hope to do it off of that infrastructure. Well, guess who's doing it? Microsoft. Guess who also has their own streaming platform? Microsoft. 
you're going to have to kiss some ass to, for them to let you do that. Or who knows, maybe they're going to let them do that just to try to get, you know, form more connections. Regardless, all this is to say that Microsoft has some hands and some pockets in, Jap- in Japan, and they really, really like Japan, but they're not Japanese. They don't have a long history with Japan or Japanese businesses like Sony. Sony's a very old Japanese business. Not as old as Nintendo, but a pretty old Japanese business. Um, so is Konami. Konami doesn't just do video games. Well, only Konami hasn't done video games in a very long time. I mean, what they, what's the last game they put out? That damn Contra game on the Switch that's terrible? What's the, what's the last thing they've done? They haven't really made a video game in a long time. I think the last big one was the was Metal Gear Solid Five. Well, there was Survive, but that wasn't that was terrible. That was nothing. They mainly do pachinko parlors, which one of the reasons they seem to be getting back into gaming um, and lends more credibility to the Silent Hill rumors and maybe them, even though because um, they don't know what the hell they're doing with Silent Hill, they've been giving it to Western developers, which there's nothing wrong with Western developers. Nothing wrong. I'm, I'm not some weeaboo who thinks Japan is better than everybody. It's not true. The reason the Western developers did not do well with Silent Hill wasn't because they didn't understand the property or like it. It's because Konami is terrible. Team Silent was able to make the Silent Hill games what they were because... Actually, at first, it was because Konami was terrible and they just abandoned them. And then, while they were abandoned, they were like, well, we might as well just make the best game ever. And then they made Silent Hill and then... It became a huge deal, and Konami was like, holy shit, we thought you were going to, we left you to die. We didn't think this was actually going to work. But with the Western companies, Konami kind of did both of those things, <laughs> uh, and then mandated a bunch of stuff and threw away a bunch of projects that sounded very promising. Silent Hill 5 was supposed to be like seven different kind of games, and Konami was like, no, do this. So the Western developers were kind of just made to do whatever Konami wanted. So not the it has nothing to do with them being Western or non-Japanese. Um, uh, Konami is Japanese and they do a lot of terrible things. Uh, so, you know, but they're just not a very good business when it comes to the arts. They're pretty good business when it comes to being a mob. Uh, but the whole pachinko parlor thing, apparently Japan has cracked down real, real hard on gambling in any form. And the way pachinko parlors work is, uh, gambling's illegal in Japan. Why, I don't know. Should that be a thing? I don't, I'm not even going to get into that. Japan has a lot of not great laws. Uh, I don't personally think gambling should be illegal. It should be highly regulated, but not necessarily illegal, especially if it makes a lot of money uh, for the state or, well, yeah, the, the country and stuff. Uh, in my state of Texas, gambling is illegal, and I think it's stupid. Um, but a lot of things our politicians do don't make any damn sense, even when they talk about, oh, it's all about business. No, it's not. You don't know how to run a business. You're terrible at running business. If you ran a business, it would fail because you don't know how to make money. There are so many damn things that make money that you refuse to do. But we'll get into that later. I don't know what Japan's deal is, but the way they used to get around it is these pachinko parlors. You know, they get their steel balls, you put money in. It's like an arcade game. And you get a bunch of balls. And if you fill up this tub of balls... Um, and they're just, they're just steel. They used to be steel. I don't know if they're still steel anymore, but they're really, very shiny. A little, uh, what do you call them? They're balls, but there's a word for it. Uh, or, you know, they're ball bearings, these bearings. And you would like turn them into like this gift shop and this gift shop would give you the same thing like tickets, right? Like go to Dave and Buster's or an arcade or whatever. And then they give you like a pair of like cheap sunglasses or like a teddy bear or something. Then... There's a store across the street that just happens to love really, really cheap shit. And then 
um, the way the system works is all the prizes. Uh, I mean, of course, you you have to. If we put this in American terms, because I think most people are familiar with the ticket system. You know, you play a bunch of skee-ball, get tickets, and you go in there, and it's like, you need so many tickets to get this item, this item. So these items, I had uh, told me once with these different kinds of shades. So there were like these shades, a pair of these shades were green, a pair of them were red, a pair of them were blue. And if you had enough, you have a certain amount of balls, you get the green ones, you have a certain amount of balls, you get the red ones, a certain amount of balls, you get the blue ones. So then you would, let's say you got the, the green ones, uh, actually, let's say you got all three. You're able to get all three. Then you go over across the street to the store that really, really likes crappy shades. The green ones, they give you like $100. For the red ones, they give you like uh, $500. And then the, the elusive blue ones, they give you like $1,000, right? That's just an analogy. I don't know what the actual prices would be, but that's the easiest way to do it. And that's how they would get around it. Um, kind of ingenious system, also kind of really easy to see through, but apparently there is no way to stop that until recently where Japan just said, fuck it, we can stop that. We know what you're doing. We're just going to shut it down. We don't exactly need evidence. <laughs> so they started shutting shit down. It's like, we know you're gambling. We know how you do it. We just, you know, they have to prove it um, and then prove that it's not a legitimate business that just loves buying shit shades. Um kind of like they would run these like pawn shops basically and they would just been they have been shutting them down and not just been shutting gambling down they've been shutting gaming down which is really weird because there used to be a lot of um bars and stuff in japan that also they were like video game bars so stuff that is a thing that's becoming a lot more popular in america and i'm glad because they're awesome but they were like video game themed bars and then they have like either arcade setups or a lot of times traditional consoles and you go in there and PC and stuff, and you go in there and hang out, and you play video games, play some Mario Party with some friends, get drunk, stuff like that. Well, then, since they didn't own the licenses and some weird bullshit law, they were cracking down on that, and they also used gambling as a, as an excuse to do it. Anyway, long story short, short, because of this, Konami can't make en- enough money off of the Pachinko stuff, since they're having to fight the government. So now, all of a sudden, they get back into gaming and starting to do stuff. So since they might be hurting a little bit on one end, and their Pachinko money isn't seeming to be as profitable as it used to be. Now they have to make ventures. And if Sony is going over there and like, we'll just, we'll just pay you. You don't have to pay us to make your game. We'll pay you if you let us make the game however you want. And then basically they're buying a license for, I guess, one game or whatever. And then they get the a split of the profits. And then, which to me sounds like a great idea. Sony has a great tracker record when it comes to software um whoever's going to give it to it sounds like kojima um and then we don't know if kojima's going to do it with his studio or if they're going to work in conjunction with someone else with death stranding it was kojima and they used the engine and some of the team from the guys who made from gorilla the guys who made horizon zero dawn and then death stranding is great or at least i loved it um so like that's interesting still rumors but there's there is I don't know what's going to happen with Silent Hill. But usually when there's a bunch of talk, there's something to it. There's something. We don't know what that something is. It could be a mobile game. It could be a new freaking movie. It could be something. But somewhere, someone somewhere in within Konami or higher up or someone who knows something said the word Silent Hill. And then that trickled down to whatever the hell we got now. 
We don't know exactly what it is, but we, just ha- we know it has to do with Silent Hill. So there's something there. And we still don't know what Sony's uh, launch lineup looks like. The freaking console is supposed to release in holiday. We don't know how close they're going to stick to that because of the virus. But even before the virus, we didn't know how close they were going to stick to that because we don't know anything about this console. We know it's called the PlayStation 5. They revealed the font. Um, and we know what the controller's going to look like. And then recently they uh, did a demo for Unreal Engine 5. That's about it. We don't know of any games other than some third-party titles that they're doing. We know virtually nothing about first-party stuff. And no one really knows why. Which is, you go to Xbox, we know quite a lot of their third-party stuff. Stuff that's, uh, we know a lot about their backwards compatibility, we know what the console looks like, we know what the controller looks like. We know we have the same area, Holiday 2020. Uh, they did a third-party showcase of lesser third-parties, which I thought was good. I didn't expect it to be this earth-shattering thing, but I, um, I actually liked what Microsoft did, because they showed off mainly a lot of what we consider like AA and indie games and i think that's awesome we always want you know people are like we don't want a bunch of endless sequels and this and that we want new ips and stuff like that so microsoft literally did a whole showcase that was almost all new ips almost all independent or uh a little developed game littler or developers and people got mad at that because they thought they were promised something else and i'm like that's what we want, though. We want the big companies going, yeah, well, let's give money to the little man and show them and act like they're, actually treat them like the AAA stuff. Um, and Microsoft did it, and I applaud them for that. I think the showcase was a little lacking in its presentation. Um, but they're trying to stretch this and um, trying to build hype, and I think they're, they're doing it successfully. I think it's better than showing nothing, which is what Sony has done. We have a demo of not a game, of an engine test, which looked good. That's about it. We still don't know what the hell this console even looks like. We don't know price point. We don't know price point with um, the Xbox either. But they're, they they have told us that they're going to tell us. It's like if they're going to tell us stuff in June, and then there's going to be an event in July where they're going to show off Halo. We know Halo is coming, but that's going to be a launch title. We know that we got another Hellblade game coming. Don't know if that's going to be a launch title, but it's coming. Uh, we got the medium, we got scorn, we got all kinds of stuff, exclusives. Uh, a lot of stuff they haven't told us about, but we know, we know, we know what's coming out. We even know what the logo is going to look like. We, they're the only thing they haven't shown us is the price and uh, unannounced stuff. And they haven't shown us uh, gameplay of Halo yet, but I mean. <laughs> they're showing us stuff and if the virus hadn't done what it did what it's doing they probably would have shown uh more and it probably would have been shown at e3 e3 is not happening this year they probably would have shown some stuff at gdc gdc didn't happen they you know they, they had a plan um it's just i don't know what people want from them they want this big blowout we're well, not gonna get the big blowout the big blowout is hard to do even nintendo is canceling directs apparently um doesn't mean they're canceling announcements they announced the other day um, the Paper Mario game, and it looks great. I'm, I hope it's I hope it's good. I really hope it's good. I hope it's not like the other Paper Mario's, um, the not good ones. I hope it's good. I hope it's a return to form because I love Paper Mario. But that looked like something that would have been in a direct. It most likely would have been. It would have been in this rumored Mario anniversary direct that we've been hearing about that was supposed to happen and it's not. 
But we know those games are coming. The thing is, is they're probably just going to do what they do. Instead of having to cut together this big old direct, get a bunch of people in a room to do this shit. They're just going to be like, get the trailers ready. Drop them when we need to drop them. And they're just going to drop trailers. They're going to get as much traction. And I guarantee that drop that they did was a test to see how much traction it got. And I'm pretty sure it succeeded. Um, everybody talked about it. It was huge news. First news we got out of Nintendo in a very long time. Other than uh, some coronavirus updates. Good stuff. It looks good. I can't wait to see these remasters of Super Mario 64, Sunshine, and uh, Galaxy that we're supposed to be getting. <sighs> now this, this is going to be a hell of a year for an announcement, for announcements, I'll tell you what. Getting remakes and stuff, and then Silent Hill might be back. Hopefully. It's going to be a good, good year for announcements and things. Another remaster that's coming, and this one actually is coming... Um, though it got leaked, like the whole thing got leaked, and now they're they're still teasing it, even though it's leaked. Um, there's gonna be a revealed event. I think today uh, is um, the Mafia trilogy, and I was confused when the leaks come out because, of course, it was a leak. We didn't have all the information, but we got pictures. And in this picture, it was like they call it the Mafia trilogy remastered. And in the pictures, they showed uh, screenshots. From Mafia 2 and Mafia 1. And I noticed that the Mafia 1 screenshots look amazing. Just breathtaking. Mafia 2 screenshots don't look that great in comparison. By themselves, it's like, hey, yeah, well, it looks pretty damn good. Still just kind of looks like a bit of a higher res Mafia 2, but Mafia 2 is a great game. It was a pretty good looking game when it came out. And it had its, had its own style. Um, yeah, and they're also doing Mafia 3, and I hope they just fixed all the bullshit problems with Mafia 3. Uh, but then, you know, I I was like, why do these... I understand Mafia 3, you probably not get a full remaster treatment, but Mafia 2 came out in 360. And so what's going on here? Why, what's with these... Why, why is there such a difference in the quality? Then today, um, apparently it went live early in Australia, it is Mafia 2 and 3 available uh, whenever the hell they're going to make this announcement. They're going to be uh, available immediately to download. Um, Mafia 3 is probably just going to have all the technical stuff fixed, I hope to God, otherwise I'm not going to be able to play it again. Mafia 2 is just like, it just looks better, they, they redid some stuff, but it's still Mafia 2, it runs better, it's a little bit prettier, but it was not built from the ground up. Those are coming out on the same day. Then in August, I think the 28th, we're getting a complete remake of Mafia 1. And that's why it looks like a brand new game, is because it is. Mafia 1 came back on the original Xbox, and it needed to be updated a lot. So it's not just a HD up-res. It is a completely remade game, and that's why it looks better. Oh, and I can't wait, because Mafia 1 is a great game. All the Mafia games outside of 3 are great. And the reason I say outside of 3 is because 3 had a great story. And a great cast of characters. It's gameplay pretty good. Um, if not a little generic in the worst ways because it was broken. The game was broken. Even when I played it uh, well after its release and there was stuff was supposed to be fixed. So many graphical and audio glitches that were just awful. Just awful. And it made it it made it so hard to look at, and I tried uninstalling and reinstalling and doing all this, and it was just, it was giving me a migraine, 
and the audio, all these things are supposed to be fixed were not fixed, and it was just a broken mess of a game. And I was like, I, I'm not going to play this. But the story is good. Uh, none of the other Mafia games had that problem. I don't know what exactly happened with 3. I don't know if the new engine just fucked with them. I, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is what I played, I didn't enjoy because the game was broken. Um, a lot of people were able to get through it. But um, if they fix that... If they fix that, all those problems in this remaster, then Mafia 3 is definitely worth playing. But we still got uh, 2, 1 and 2 coming, and that, that looks good. Um, what was I going to say? So yeah, that, that, we're getting a lot of remasters. SpongeBob games will be coming out. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are excited for that. I don't care. Uh, I never played the game. Apparently it's really, really good. Battle for, B, Fat Battle for Bikini Bottom. I never... I didn't... <laughs> I never played it, so I don't. I have no. I have no nostalgia for that. But good that people are getting it. The thing I do have nostalgia for is coming out. I think next month is Destroy All Humans, uh, which is a remake of it, a remaster. Or actually, I don't know which one. I don't know if it's just where you remade the assets and everything in 4K and it looks all cool, but it's based. It's just the same game, or if it's a new developer taking a crack at it, and it's like it's. A similar story basically but it's it's new like I, I don't know which one it is we'll find out it looks like it's following it's just just the first game again but it, it, to me it looks like they're going to revive destroy All humans destroy All humans is a great game i love that series and i can't wait to play it again on the xbox and uh, you know oh that was a that was on the og xbox when that game first came out and it, it's great I want them to do Stubbs the Zombies again. Stubbs the, Stubbs the Zombie. Great game. <laughs> a very fun game. Or it looked fun. I never actually got to play it, but I watched a lot of it. Uh, very interesting game. Very, very interesting game. You actually play as a zombie. In the 50s. Oh. Apparently that game's rare. I looked it up the other day to see if I could buy a copy of it and then, uh, do some videos on it. Game's expensive as shit. Won't be doing that. For a long time, got to take out a loan for that game. Dear God. But getting a lot of remasters of older games, and I'm I'm excited for people to play these games again. Uh, the Crash Bandicoot remakes are really good, even though I hate that game. Is <laughs> a uh, it's bullshit. And it makes me mad. And I'm good at platformers. Or I used to be. Um, I don't like that game. Something tells me I wouldn't have liked it back in the PlayStation One era. Um. Mario is hard, but seems fair. Crash Bandicoot seems unfair. To a degree. And I, I don't know what it is. It just seems unfair. It doesn't seem fun. And I played some hard-ass platformers before. Like Super Meat Boy and stuff. But the, the idea is, if you play the game the way it wants you to play it, you can master it. Um, it just doesn't feel like that with Crash Bandicoot. It's just still not fun to me. <laughs> it's just not fun. Um, man, I'm just losing my touch. Who knows? I'm, I'm losing a lot of things. Like my mind. But yeah, you, you know, you got Crash Bandicoot. Um, and then there was Crash Team Racing, which got remastered. And oh yeah, shit. That was, speaking of the Crash Bandicoot guys, we got another remaster announced, which is awesome. You get t Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Which is strange to me that it's just 1 and 2. It seems they keep doing 1 and 2. They're staying away from 3. <laughs> which, Why? Thing away from three and four. Um, 
I would have done them all. Why the hell not? If you're going to do one or two, might as well just one, two, three, four, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Collection. Hell, Remake 5. It deserves <laughs> they need to fix that game. And it's by Vicarious Visions, who did the wonderful Crash Bandicoot remake. So, hell yeah, I'm ready for that. And apparently they're doing it with new models. So, it's they're older. It's not young Tony Hawk. It's old Tony Hawk. And I'm like, okay, that's actually interesting. And I'm this almost looks like a test. Because Tony Hawk's pissed. Tony Hawk is pissed. He was he hated Pro Skater 5. He hated everything about it. He hated that they just can't couldn't figure out how to make a good game again. People kept lying to him and all kinds of stuff. He's pissed. So with this remake with Vicarious Visions, it looks like they finally made a game he could be proud of. And if this is a hit sales wise and everything, uh people are like, Oh, it's a it's a test for them to remake the other games. And I think what it is, it's a test. The same way that Crash Bandicoot was a test for is um, then again, it, it's if Activision lets them. It seems now they're being used as the remake guys, but what Vicarious Visions needs to be used at is, okay, we know how to do these games. Because they had to rebuild Crash Bandicoot. And they've had the same thing with uh, uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. So the idea is, we know how to do this. That proves that we can basically make a new game. So, this is just another test, so... We're expecting a new Crash Bandicoot game sometime. And then expecting a new Tony Hawk game now, if this thing does well. Um, I don't know what the hell it would be called. I doubt they're going to go Pro Skater 6. It's probably going to be something else. Um, but but I expect this to do well. It looked good. It looks really good. But I expect it to, to do very well. I want Skate Back. When the hell is that coming? That's an EA property, so that's got a while. Um... Another remake or something that was coming out? I, I don't remember. Is any remakes? Bond games. Or just give me a new one. Can I just have a new one? Got some new James Bond shit, please? He's been stuck in the movies for too long. James Bond used to have the best run of games. And then he just stopped making games. He made he made a real bad one and then left. <laughs> uh, 007 Legends isn't good. It's still not as bad. Or at least that's what I heard. I haven't played it yet. I will play it. We'll find out. But, you know, it, it can't be as bad as 007 Racing. 007 Racing is awful. Oh, my God, it's awful. But they didn't stop there. For 007 Racing, you got Nightfire. And depending on who you ask, that's like the best game ever. It's not. Nightfire Nightfire is not good. Oh, fuck, no, you got Age of Underfire before that. Age of Under, Underfire is great. Then you got Nightfire, which is not. Half of that game is pretty good. The other half is terrible, but apparently multiplayer is good. So good enough for like a 6 or a 7. Age of Fire is much better. So much better. And after that, you get everything or nothing. Go fuck yourself. You guys try, people try to say that Nightfire is the best. You're out of your damn mind. Out of your mind. There were reviews from people who loved it that said the shooting wasn't as good as Goldeneye, and you had two sticks in Nightfire. How the hell is the shooting not as good as... You know what's funny? Is I, I've recently played Nightfire. They're right. Somehow the shooting does not feel as good, even though I am have I have two sticks. It doesn't feel as good as a game on the N64. Because Rare was just that good. I, I don't know. And there are, other be- there are better first-person shooters out there at the time that Nightfire came out on the consoles. Not only do you got Halo, for the PS2 you had Time Splitters. Why the hell would I want to play Nightfire? Which, it's multiplayer suite, does look good. But Time Splitters is better. Nothing beats Time Splitters. 
or if you want to get competitive, play Halo. Shut up. Like, I don't... And you want a good Bond game, play the other ones. Don't... I mean, don't... I mean, it's better in 007 Racing. 007 Racing is terrible. And I think Tomorrow Never Dies wasn't that good either. But I've played very little of it, so I don't, I don't remember. I was a third-person shooter. Um, but yeah, I want a new Bond game. I don't know why there's not another one. They make money. I know Activision fucked up with that last one, but... Are they just sitting on the license? I think they still own it, don't they? And they're just sitting on it. Why do they keep giving it to one company? I would never do that deal. I would be like, someone wants to make a James Bond game. Okay, here's the license. This is not a sole license. This is not a... you Only you can make this license. That makes no sense to me for people to do that. Unless it's some... Unless they want to do... A series. And even then it would be weird. Like, it, it, I don't know why they keep making these deals. Um, I can't wait for the Star Wars deal to run out. It took EA, what, 10 years to figure out how to make a good game? With Jedi Fallen Order? And that game just feels like it barely became a good game. Like, it's a great game. It's fantastic. Play it. But it is. it could have used a few more months in the oven. Because it's just, it's got glitches and all kinds of stuff they're still trying to fix. And they were making, like, Apex at the same time. And they were on, like, a really, really short timetable. Like it, That game is good because Respawn is good. And, um... What the fuck, EA, man? I just don't... I don't... I hope Disney doesn't re-up that contract. I mean, let them make games. I don't care. I just want everybody else to make games, too. Activision used to be really good at making Star Wars games. EA used to be the... The James Bond guys, and they killed it. All of the James Bond games on the X, the original Xbox generation, GameCube and PS2, those were EA games. Every single one of them. Ooh, hold on. Every single one except for the port of Quantum of Solace, which is a completely different game than its Xbox 360 Big Brother. So yeah, you got one. You got one that's not EA. Agent Under Fire, Nightfire, Everything or Nothing, and From Russia With Love are all, four games are all EA games, all, and those are Bond games, and they're great. Uh, need more. It's a big good outlet during the pandemic. It's not you know, going away anytime soon. We need James Bond. And we're not getting that new movie anytime soon, so I would like to play a freaking video game. Just don't know why they stopped. I understand they made a bad one, but... Activision, you got guys who whose bread and butter butter is first person shooters. Make them make another one. Oh, I guess they're concentrate more on Call of Duty. They don't want people to do that. What I would do is like Treyarch. Actually, they made Quantum of Solace. What I would do is be like, no, because on the, the way they have it staggered, they got three developers, and on their off years, they're working on the next game. And then the, it's a, you get three year development time. And then it just, it's one after the other. So the three developers, then they put out their game. And then, and then next year, another developer puts out their game. Next year, another developer puts out their games while they all have different names. It, I think Infinity Ward make a good Bond game. Treyarch did make a good Bond game. Like, I, I don't, I, what the hell is Ravensoft doing? They can make a Bond game. Like, I, 
doesn't have to be a first-person shooter. There's what's Beanox doing. They make Crash Team Racing. They can make a Bond game. There's people there that can make a freaking Bond game. I just want more James Bond. I just I just want more James Bond. That's what I want. I want more 007. Not shouldn't be too much to ask. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Waiting for this daggum new job to start. This drug testing crap was taking forever. Finally was able to get a hold of them. They're maybe go through a hospital for some weird reason. Finally get a hold of them and they were like, We already sent you this information. I'm like, no, you didn't. It's a text message that you said you were gonna send. Pretty sure I would have noticed. And I'm looking at the text messages and I have nothing. And then, okay, we'll send it to you. And they finally did. And I was finally able to send it because I take a medication that shows up on a drug test. And if you don't know what it is, it looks scary. Um, I had to prove that I was, med- that I was on prescription. I finally sent that in today. And I don't know when they're going to get in touch with with my job. And I, I don't know when I'm going to start. I'm just kind of tired of waiting. Oh. <laughs> uh. Other than that, I've been watching The Last Dance. Finally was able to get onto that. And yeah, everybody's right. That is like the best documentary ever. I'm just old enough to remember the end of, of like MJ Mania. And remember how popular Michael Jordan was. And I remember loving Michael Jordan as a very young kid because I was very young. Um, even though I don't believe I watched any of his or very few of his games because he would have played for the Magic during a lot of my formative years. Or not magic. I'm I'm stupid. The Wizards. Um, cause I was born in '96, and that would have been uh, when they won their last one. Then he retired and did all that and blah blah blah, and then came back. And it was during all that. My brother had a Bulls poster and everything. We, we're from Texas. We're we don't care about Chicago. We don't care about the Bulls. We got our own teams, and we love our own teams. But we got to remember, it wasn't the Bulls that people loved. It was I mean Chicago loved the Bulls. It was Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was this phenomenon, and then Space Jam came out, and everybody loves Space Jam. Space Jam's great, and and I don't think it's going to be as good as LeBron James. Nothing against LeBron James. He's not as good as Michael Jordan, but also, I just don't... <sighs> Space Jam's weird. Like, Space Jam as a concept is weird to begin with. Um... Not saying art shouldn't be made if it's weird or crazy or you know off the wall. I have nothing against it. It's just they approached them with, "Hey, let's make a basketball movie with the freaking Looney Tunes." I, I, I'm I'm very curious as to how that all went down. Documentary's going to get to it once I get to those episodes. Um, I just don't. It's so strange how that came together. But you got to remember one of the reasons that it worked. One of the reasons that it worked and it made money, people were excited to see it, is because Michael Jordan was the biggest freaking thing on on the planet. Uh, The Chicago Bulls, who no one cared about, became, you know, they were, that team was probably going to get sold, well it did get sold, got a new owner, was probably going to get, was moved or something, because they were getting uh, outpaced by a indoor soccer team in Chicago. Uh, no one cared about, I think it was a minor league team, <laughs> no one cared about the Chicago Bulls, and Michael Jordan came in and brought something else 
and then finally in the 90s when they got Jackson and, uh, you know, Pippen and uh, didn't have Rodman yet. Rodman would come in the mid-90s, but they finally get together and start winning championships. You know, it, it they changed, and Michael Jordan was this presence. Even before they started winning championships, people respected him, and he was Michael freaking Jordan. And everybody loved him, including people who didn't care about basketball and sports. All of a sudden, they were watching basketball because of Michael Jordan. He was a phenom. It's the closest thing basketball had at the time uh, to the... <laughs> This is going to sound weird, so people are going to think I'm saying this because I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, and it's probably true, but um, there are very few teams, uh, very few sports anything, that transcend themselves. What I mean by that is teams that are incredibly famous and profitable, and in like the zeitgeist and everything, despite their record. Um... Very, very, very few teams. Like uh, the Patriots are like the team of the moment, right? In football, it's because they they have this illustrious history of the last twenty years, um, and even then, wasn't really so illustrious for about ten years in there, because we forget about the ten year gap that where the Patriots didn't do anything. Um, other teams in the AFC were going to the win, win in the Super Bowl, but you know it was first time in their. Uh, their franchise history that they'd actually been really good. They'd gone to, I think, two Super Bowls before that um, in, like, 50 years. They weren't really good. Um, and those were, like, two of the best seasons, or actually the two best seasons that franchise had ever had. The Patriots were not a good team. They were a laughing stock for the most part. Um, and then all of a sudden they became the New England Patriots. But, see, that makes sense. They, they have the winning streak. They're, they're popular because they win and they got the personalities. That team does not transcend their record because before they were good, no one cared. No one cared. And uh, and there's an example of a team like that that was really, really, really good and was incredibly popular when they were really, really, really good. And then when they got bad again, no one cared. And even when they got good again, no one cared. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers... Um, until the Patriots won their six one, were like the winningest in all of football, and then you know, you know they were they're still popular. People, I mean, they're Steelers fans. I'm not saying they aren't Steelers fans, but they're not incredibly popular. It's, and I'm I'm gonna get to my point here in a second. It's they were popular when they were winning, and then when they weren't winning so much, no one really cared. And even when they did came back uh, in the '90s and went to the Super Bowl. Um, they weren't nearly as popular as they were, and then they were pop, they were really good in the, in the 2000s. Um, but they still weren't that popular. Even though they won six Super Bowls. Granted, they didn't do it in a short amount of time like the, uh, the Patriots did, or a short amount of time like the San Francisco 49ers. There's another team that when they're hot, everybody loves them, and when they're not, they're not good. Um, but, uh, the Dallas Cowboys... Our America's team. And that team is the most profitable, most valuable sports franchise in the world. Second to no one. Uh, it's the Dallas Cowboys under them. I believe it's Real Madrid soccer team. That team is incredibly popular. When's the last time the Dallas Cowboys went to the Super Bowl? I can tell you. It was January 27th, 1996. I was seven days old. Or I was six days old, sorry. 
um, and they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl. Uh, since then, they've had a hard time just getting to the playoffs. They have yet to win a divisional playoff game in 24 years, or 25 technically. Um, that team has only become more popular since then, despite having almost no success. How the hell does that happen? It's because they are a brand, and they have been incredibly famous since the 70s, um, even the 60s. They used to be the team that was good enough, that was just good enough to get there, but not good enough to win, because they were always good enough to get like to the championships, but just not able to win it, and the, they always played the Packers and stuff. Um, but they became pop- incredibly popular, and they were America's team, and they'll still be America's team forever. They transcended their record. Um, but, and here's a difference here, is the Bulls did something very interesting. So they were the team of their day. The Bulls did not keep that. The Bulls are not famous. Uh, I mean, they're still famous. They're a freaking pro basketball team. They're not like they were in the 90s. You have, uh, but the Dallas Cowboys, no matter who plays for them, they will always be incredibly popular. They will always have big crowds. Everybody loves them. And everybody hates them. Chicago Bulls, however, um, were more like the Patriots in a way, except for a key difference. So, Patriots have their fans and their people like, oh, they're winning team, blah, blah, blah. And then you get people that talk about Tom Brady, and I think it's stupid. With Michael Jordan, you have a legitimate argument because basketball can be more of an individual sport. Football isn't. You can't win it by yourself. You can't. You can't throw the ball and catch it. There's only been one quarterback to ever throw his own touchdown pass. That's Marcus Mariota. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, you need a whole team, and you need a coach, you need a coaching staff, and you need a good organization. You need all that. And even in basketball, you need it as well, but it's easier to stand out in basketball than it is in football um, and in a lot of other sports. Um, but you, but what they did is no one hated the Bulls because no one hated Michael Jordan. I mean, the Detroit Pistons didn't didn't really hate the Bulls, and that was like their biggest competitor. Um, but people in Detroit, they was like, who's the best? Like, oh, it's Michael Jordan. It's freaking Michael Jordan. Uh, he's he's amazing, but you got people now that will deride LeBron, and you got people now that will you know you know uh, whoever on their team they don't like. Some people will come above that. It's like, well, they're a great player. I like them on my team. Some people are like, I just hate them because they're on the team or whatever. You know, I'm a Spurs fan, and you know I love my Spurs, and uh, and I hate other teams. I hate other players. Blah blah. I'm like, well, some of these players are some good and everything, but no one's like Michael Jordan. No one is like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was even famous when he was on the Wizards and wasn't even doing that well. Michael Jordan was famous in retirement. Michael Jordan was someone everybody wanted to be, that people came from around the nation to see. So, in a sense, the Chicago Bulls became America's team in basketball because of Michael Jordan. But unlike the Dallas Cowboys, they did not keep that mantle once he left and once it was all over because no one could replace that. Um, no one, Michael Jordan transcended all of that. Um, case in point, Tom Brady just left to the to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not going to be nearly as popular as the Patriots were with Tom Brady. Even if Tom Brady were to go and win the Super Bowl, they wouldn't. There was something there with that team. Also, Tom Brady's not going to win the Super Bowl, at least not this year. Um, it, you want a really good example of that? Joe Montana goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs did not become more popular than the 49ers. Um, just didn't happen. Kansas City Chiefs did well. 
I went to the AFC Championship. They lost. Um, <laughs> um, and the 49ers would then go back to the Super Bowl with Steve Young and win. They had to beat the Cowboys in the NFC Championship and then go into the Super Bowl and won. Um, but you got to remember, like, Joe Montana was not as popular in Kansas City. People, they loved him, and Kansas City loved him, but the, the 49ers fans didn't really follow him as much, and there was a big controversy, and then there was all this crap. That when he left, people got mad. When LeBron would leave, and he like he's jumped like three different teams, people got mad and, and everything like that. Jordan... Jordan is weird because he became bigger than the game. And people were mad, of course, it, but it's just like, even now, it's thinking about it, it's like, it's Michael freaking Jordan. You can't be mad at Michael Jordan. If his own teammates are like that, it's like, it's it's Michael Jordan. You know, it, it, the dude, even now, still has such a presence. It's crazy. It, it's just, and there hasn't been a, uh, there hasn't been a, a, a ball player in any sport that I can think of like that to transcend all of that because Michael Jordan is just the greatest of all time in basketball, certainly. And in terms of record, he's not actually. Um, there are people who have more rings. Um, Michael Jordan won six with, on one team. There are people who have come close to him in terms of that. Tim Duncan has five, Kobe, Bron- Kobe Bryant had five. Um, Michael Jordan was able to do so much by himself. And then when they got a team around him and was able to rely on people and stuff, what he was able to do, his presence on the team, his presence to the fans, just everybody, he was able to take the Chicago Bulls somewhere they weren't able to go. And then once he left, you know, they found out real hard how much of a unit they were. Because when you take a piece of that puzzle out, because they found out when Scottie Pippen was out, they they. they Found it real hard to win. And when Rodman went on his whole thing, once they became the trio, they found it real hard to win. Michael went out. They went on a pretty good run. And then weren't able to do it. And all of a sudden, they were just terrible. They couldn't do anything. And Michael came back. Bam. Let's go. And it's just, it, it's crazy to see. It's crazy to see how that works. You know, it, it. How important, I mean, and he always talking about, he's like, he couldn't do it without his teammates. He's not saying that he could do it by himself, whatever. And to LeBron's credit, um, he got arrogant at times, but he's never said that he's better or the best or any of that. And, and I like him. He's also a Dallas Cowboy fan, so I like him. But <laughs> he uh, gets it in my book there. But it's the people that want to say he's the best of all time, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if we can do that. And... um if he had all the championships and rings, stuff like that, I'd be like, okay, I'd say that that. Then we can say that, but he's been in the league longer. He's been in the league for a very long time. Um, he's played a lot of games. He's been on several different teams and had people around him and and all this. And it's just he's done great things. But and he's he's one of the greatest. It's just I don't. He is not Michael Jordan. 
in any sense, even if he had all the rings, if he had more rings, he had better stats and, and all of that, and he was just this, this phenom that was an unstoppable phenom, and he was better than Michael Jordan in every single way. The thing that he does not have is the, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to say the presence. It wasn't just that Michael Jordan was like charming or something like that, and LeBron was a pretty good actor too, and, and he's been in some stuff like that, and it's not them saying he won't be good in the movie. It's Space Jam worked. Because it was a Michael Jordan vehicle. And people from all over wanted to see Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was popular around the world. And LeBron James is too. It's just not in the same way. He does not have that same... And the fact that I'm here saying this tells you that he does not have that same thing. And it's not that I don't want him to have it. I want him to have it. He can have it. And um, and I hope the movie does well. It's going to do well. He's going to make money. And no problem with that. It's just... I don't think it's going to work as well as the first one did because it was also Michael Jordan had was in retirement so like it, it that movie worked for so many reasons that I don't, aren't available now and that's not just to say of just LeBron James of anyone in any sport there, there's no one like that um now even Tom Brady you know, he's like, well, he got the rings and everything, and he's like the closest analog, but he's not at all in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, Michael Jordan, far and above, if we're going to pair like athletes, achievement, it's Michael Jordan all the way. But football is more of a team sport than anything, and I will keep saying that. Um, it is more of a team sport than basketball, and basketball is a team sport, and if you're really, really good at playing the fundamentals and stuff, you can win championships. And when the Bulls started playing more fundamentals, fundamental basketball and with the triangle and all that, they said they started winning championships. And then when you play just fundamental, or what my dad likes to call white guy basketball, because when you can't jump, you actually have to know how to play basketball. Um, <laughs> um, you can't dunk and stuff. You have to you have to know how to pass. If you don't, if you're not incredibly talented, you have to know the rules of the game. You have to play by the rules. And the Spurs do that, and you mix that with talent, which they were able to do, uh, you win five championships, you appear in six, and then Ray Allen beats you, not LeBron James. Not that LeBron James isn't good and doesn't deserve credit, it's just Ray Allen beat the Spurs. And then the Spurs came back the next year and beat the Heat in the worst ass whipping in NBA history, and that's a fact. They beat them so hard <laughs> into the ground in the highest scoring, or, or not highest scoring, the widest point gap in NBA history. That's what the Spurs did. Spurs are also the winningest team in NBA history in terms of actual win percentage. In terms of championships, it's either the Celtics or the Lakers. Uh, one of them has like 17, the other one has like 20 or some bullshit. Because they That's back when they played in like the 40s and 50s and they had like five-game season. That don't mean shit. <laughs> it makes a little bit more sense in the NFL uh, because they, they had the merger and then we got the modern NFL era and the Super Bowl era where they put the two leagues together and then they absorbed a bunch of other leagues and shit. And then we got the Super Bowl. But, you know, some, they still count, some teams still count their championships from before the Super Bowl era, but that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. I mean, is are the Detroit Lions still a championship team? Uh, even Lions fans would say, no, we never won a championship. Oh, but the Lions used to be real good in the 50s. That don't mean jack shit. <laughs> they won Super Bowl. Haven't done nothing. Um, 
but yeah, um, but the NBA has been around for a very, very long time. But the Spurs are, are a very good team, and um, can't wait for Duncan to be the head coach because it looks like he is. He, they're setting him up to be the head coach. Hey, the last ex Spurs player that became a head coach did pretty damn well. Um, that was Steve Kerr, who also played for the Chicago Bulls, um, and then went and won two championships with the San Antonio Spurs, and then became the coach of the Golden State Warriors. And what won three or four already? I can't remember. I know we got beat by LeBron James and the Cavaliers because that was just like destined by God because Cavaliers just needed to win a freaking game. <laughs> um, and I'll give that to LeBron and the Cavaliers. They they did it. You know, I, I'm 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 being fair to the man. I just you look at Michael Jordan. Just holy crap! That that dude and everything. It wasn't just his game. It was, it was everything he did. It's how he got there. His worth, ethic, his work ethic. Everything that he did is better than any other player I've ever seen, um, and any other player on the court right now. In, term, in terms of just true talent, everything, everything. There, there is no one like him. Doesn't mean that there won't be someone like him. There probably will be. Um, but and LeBron James is incredibly talented and has an amazing work work ethic. I'm not gonna say the man can't work and is can't play basketball. He he is, and he's great, and deserves all his accolades. And I just hate when they put the players together. I don't think we should say that, because or have that argument, because it just seems like an argument just to pit them to pit them against each other. But they shouldn't be. Only time it should be talked about is when he has as many rings as Jordan, and they go, "Well, who's better?" And then really, it doesn't really matter. And then, I mean, Dr. J was like the guy before Jordan, and. I mean, we started naming Jordan the greatest of all time. It wasn't, is he better than... The conversation around Jordan was, is he better than this guy? Or is he better than this guy? Is he better than that? Or is he better than like Larry Bird or anything like that? It was for a little bit. When they started winning those championships, the question wasn't... Or actually, there was no question. It wasn't, is he better? It's, Michael Jordan is the greatest. And you know it was true because no one went, is he really? Everybody's like, yeah, no shit. Tom Brady, it's like, is he really? There's a lot of down people, you know, everything like that. Doesn't mean that people that the people still don't want to beat the Bulls if they were fans of the other teams. Of course they did. But it was like, we're gonna beat you. But it's like, oh, so you don't like Michael Jordan? It's like, no, we love Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's great. We still want to beat them because they're the other team. And he is the greatest of all time. We still want to beat him. You can still beat the greatest of all time. Um but yeah, oh, this documentary is just too damn good, man. <laughs> it's just it's just so good. Uh, watch it. It's fantastic. Uh, the Last Dance is, is amazing. I, I want to see these guys do anything else. Like I, I will literally watch these guys. And I don't want to just watch a 30 for 30. I want to watch this long-form 10-episode documentary like they're doing. I hear they're going to do one on Kobe Bryant. And that's going to be the saddest freaking thing ever. Um, but I want to see I want to see other stuff. It doesn't have to be sad or filled with drama. I think they can just make it good. Like I would like to see one of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, of course, because I'm, I'm a Dallas fan, I would love to see how that worked um, and what they would do. Would it be like their entire history? Would it just be the 90s? Would it just be the 70s? Would it just be about Landry? Or, you know, what would they do? And I would, love, I would love to see what they would do with that. I'd like to see, how let's see one about Warren Moon. I'd like to see one about um, the Spurs. Because the Spurs were a team that were just good enough to get there but not win. They were They always went to the playoffs. They were always good. And then nothing. 
you know, it's like it's like they just couldn't just couldn't make it work. But they were always they were a very respectable team, and they were a good team, and they had a good audience and a crowd, and people loved them. And but it's like they were just they they were they were a lot better than Chicago ever thought about being until the Michael Jordan era. But the San Antonio Spurs. Out of the gate, after the merger, they were just always good. So San Antonio never had this moment of lull. It was like, it was not if the San Antonio Spurs were going to go to the playoffs. It was how far they were going to get. Because they were going to go to the playoffs. They never missed the playoffs. They were always going to go to the playoffs. It was how far they going to get. Um, and then the end of the 90s, we got Tim Duncan and Dave Robinson. And it was, oh my God, we, we're going to win a championship. And then, oh my God, we're gonna win another championship. And then we're gonna win another. <laughs> and then we won five. Um, and it wasn't a fluke like the Mavericks, who had one good season and then also beat the Heat, um, or the Rockets, who just won two and then haven't been able to, despite how how much talent that team has, just cannot figure out how to win a damn basketball game. But the Spurs, it's Greg Popovich, man. Uh, like damn. I'd like to see I'd like to see a documentary about Popovich or just Tim Duncan or the Spurs organization in a whole because there's an interesting story there. The only problem people say, well, there's not a lot of drama because it's true. Until like this last few seasons, there wasn't a lot of drama, and then the Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard thing happened, and I still don't know what the hell happened there. Um, but there was a lot of drama around that. But until then, nothing really. Tony Parker cheating on his wife—that was about it. <laughs> he didn't even play for the Spurs no more. Well, none of the big three do. Uh, Dave Robson hadn't played there in a long time. But, like, you know. But I still think it'd be good. still an interesting story. As for drama, there's a lot of drama with Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Dear God, there's all kinds of drama. There's a lot of drama. I look at the Jimmy Johnson documentary. That'd be freaking great by these guys. Because um, there's all kinds of documentary stuff about it. But these guys, I'm telling you, if you haven't seen this documentary, even if you don't care about sports, it will make you love it. Because it is just so good. Um... It works a lot better for me because I have some context to it because I was a kid at the tail end of that era. And I love Space Jam and all that. And I love Michael Jordan. I had his stuff. And, uh, you know, but even if you don't have that, I still think it's effective because it's so well done. And it tells you all the things you need to know to have the context to understand why all this shit's important. Because this documentary is freaking great. Um, And it's not all just about Michael Jordan. They talk about the whole damn team, including the coaches. Um... It's seriously one of the best documentaries, if not the best documentary I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot. I like documentaries. Some people don't. I, I do. I like anything that's well made. Um, and it, this is... It, it It is so good. And I guess documentaries just work better in a long format. Sometimes they don't. Everyone's talking about freaking Tiger King. Tiger King can go kiss my ass compared to this. This is the best documentary. Netflix has a great... Uh, a lot of great documentaries. Some documentaries can be done in like an hour and a half, two hours. You know, they can be in that movie format. But a lot of times, if especially if we're doing life stories or stories that take years, unless they're not that interesting, unless it's a story that only has a few ups and downs and stuff like that, then you can condense it. But this has so many that it needs ten episodes. And you could probably make a whole second season for how much shit happened. Um, I, I will watch whatever the hell these guys do next. I, oh my god, it is so good. Like, man, ESPN, like, and it's not just these guys. Their 30 for 30 series is amazing. Like, they, they're just really, really good documentarians. Like, that's some, they just people there. They're just really, really freaking good. But yeah, go, go check that out. <laughs>
I know I'm not the first person to say that, especially on a podcast. Uh, but that that show was it's as good as people say. It is it is as good as people say. I can't wait to finish it. Cannot wait to finish it. Um, what was I gonna say? I'm gonna say something else. I'm talking about something. I don't remember what. Getting close to finishing Jedi Fallen Order. Getting close, to, almost finished with From Rush with Love. I stopped making videos in Control because I was gonna choose that as my just to my like de-stress game. Because if everything you play is being recorded, it's uh, it kind of takes something out of it. Not that I don't enjoy it, and I do enjoy it, and I, and I love doing it. If I mean, if I didn't, I wouldn't do it because it's not like I'm making money doing this shit. Um, but I do enjoy it, and it keeps me sane. If I didn't have this, I probably would have lost my mind a long time ago. But it, it's just you know, video games aren't exactly be, be meant to aren't meant to be enjoyed like this. So it's good to take like one of them. And I don't know if Control was making the best videos. I made three, and I was like, you know what? And it's also, I was like, I want to take this game and actually play. I did that with Doom Eternal, and there's so much to explore, and I kind of just sit there and explore and take in all the game. Once I've done that, though, I might just, I might make a series on it later. It's not like it just came out, people were waiting to see the videos. If that were true, then I would keep making videos in it, but it came out last year and everything. Something would fall in order, but I'm almost done with it. And, uh, and yeah, and I love Remedy Games. I will probably do an Alan Wake series because I've been wanting to play that game again, especially since there's DLC coming out for Control. Um, that's going to be on everybody's mind because Alan Wake is fantastic. Um, and I just love horror games and I need something else and I finished Condemned. finished Condemned in like two streams. Um, that game's good, but yeah, it is definitely... Condemned's another series I want to come back. Condemned Criminal Origins, if you haven't played it and you have the ability... Um, for if you have a 360, or if it's, I don't know if it's available on backwards compatibility on Xbox One. If it is, play it. Um, game's great. It's cheap. You can get it for like five bucks. It's great. Play it. It is from 2005 or six. It's a launch title, so it is janky and it's slow in terms of movement. But it is uh, one of the best underrated uh, survival horror, survival horror games. Uh, it is. I don't like its ending. Its ending's weird, but it's uh, it is good. I'm going to get the sequel and play through it. I remember its sequel being... Uh, I remember some people not liking it as much. But I played it a long time ago, and I never beat it. But I remember liking it. And then, you know, it, it's funny to see how it's going to hold up now, because I have a feeling for what I remember that the sequel might be better. Um, Might be better. I know it, I do know this for a fact. It plays better. It plays 100% better. But uh, I, I, I would love for WB or Sega, or whoever the hell owns the rights to that, to announce a third one. Whether it be a continuation or a uh, reboot, I don't care. I just want I want more I want more condemned. I want more survival horror in general. Horror in video games is so damn good. Um, but yeah. Um, I don't. Why's my TV sitting crooked? <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't I don't know if there's anything else for me to talk about. I, I'm trying to think of it. I talked about all the Silent Hill stuff. I talked about that, Xbox. Oh, yeah, the medium is straight up a Silent Hill game. So we technically are getting a Silent Hill game. That is a Silent Hill game. It's got the composer from Silent Hill game. It's got uh, from the first game, and it's got freaking Blooper Team, who just did a game called Blair Witch, which is basically just their excuse to make a Silent Hill game, and now they're just making a Silent Hill game. <laughs> just straight up. Uh, Yeah. 
other than that, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess it's the end of the podcast. We're about an hour 15 anyway. Oh, I went a little long on that one. But anyway, uh, thank y'all for listening. If you care to hear my voice some more, I do have the old YouTube channel and Twitch channel. Doing all kinds of stuff over there. Uploading a video, at least one video a day. You can check me out over there at the Autistic Cowboy. And, uh, of course, here over Spectrum Talk and everything else that I do. Be sure to support me. If you want to. If you don't, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I need your support, but I'm not going to beg for it. Um, uh, I lost train of thought. It's it's late. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, continue listening. Thank you.